I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share podcast is brought to you by PDAC. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustleshare PDAX. Also powered by Podmachine the simplest way to grow and edit your podcast. Sign up now at podmachine.com and use the code HUSTLESHARE to get one free edit. This one is way simpler in my opinion, and that's why it's going to be the future. So many big companies have approached us and some are going to work with us just because we know about tokenization. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are, again, going to the Web3 multiverse or metaverse. No, we're not doing multiverse. Uh, if you're this is literally the week. That Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness is going to come out. I'm just hyped up about that. But again, the metaverse is way, way, way more diverse with more companies that are springing out to really solve future and current problems that we're hitting. And again, we're coming out with another one of the most promising um, Web3 prospects out there. Because And here's what's unique about when, when what we're featuring today. Netcoin 
uh, is going to be launching their private sale. A lot of the Web3 and, and crypto companies that we uh, had here a couple of months ago have launched already when we featured them. So if you're listening to this, especially on the launch week, you might have a special opportunity in your hands. But before I get carried away, let's welcome to the show their co-founder and CEO of Mickwood, Mr. Francis Jimenez. Welcome to the show, Francis. Thank you so much, Ron. I appreciate the welcome and the hello to the crowd of Hustle Share. How's everything here? And yes, we're on private sale, so I appreciate the feature. And uh, you know, we're all into Web three now, and uh, I think we have something pretty interesting here for your listeners. Right. All right. Now, before I get carried away, I know the denominations in terms of value is just relative <laughs> in the multi- in the metaverse. But I need to ask you the million-dollar question. Francis, what's your hustle? Yeah, my hustle now is we're creating our own cryptocurrency. And our goal is to bridge the gap between traditional and the blockchain. So, and uh, we talked about this a bit, Ron. The good thing about us is we're not as um, you know hard to understand as other crypto projects out there. Our goal is to be the bridge. And to be the bridge... You need to be understood and you need to be able to talk to traditional and bring them to the blockchain because the main goal for us is to increase mass adoption. So we're really going to work on explaining things well. Absolutely. And, and it's it's absolutely correct. And I've been doing this podcast for over three years now. Um, but I'll admit, I still don't fully understand Web3. And I've been in the game for 12, 13 years now in, in the startup game. But Web3 is still new to me, and I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? But and, and if, if, if the objective is really to bridge that gap, and there's a big-ass gap that we're talking about, it's a chasm, then this is important because, again, in order for Web3 to work, you can't just rely on early adopters. They need to have the mass to come in. But also, man, I need you to buckle up because we're going to have to dissect your life and your hustle before Nekord. Because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. All right. So again, uh, when we go all the way back, I need to understand the origin story. Right. And um, Francis, what I want to find out uh, from your point of view again. So uh, I'm looking at your LinkedIn right now and you've been around for quite a while, but before you even started delving into startups or you know marketing and whatnot, what was growing up like? Was there any inclinations or did you have any inkling that you'd probably end up in the entrepreneurship path or entrepreneurial path uh, that you're currently in today? Or was there any influences that get, got you there? Yeah, um, I think I got in early. I think the first item I ever sold, I was imagining it, right? Um, I grew up in the 90s, right? So I, I think the first item I pretty much sold were two things, right? Magic cards yes. and uh, cue sticks. Uh, I cue lived sticks? A, a what is a cue <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I sold it in the in Cuenca, in Ayala Labang, in a, oh, wow. in a bazaar. And I think wow. a lot of you know entrepreneurs start with just selling whatever they like, right? I think right. uh, once you have that inclination, it would be... 
something and I, I've, I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs they started with selling something right something they're passionate about uh i love billiards i used to play magic and uh one thing i guess i answered in college i i, I went to la salle and i did com arts so my teacher asked me what are you gonna do after college and i told him without knowing anything i think i'm gonna go into business wow so why are you in commerce so uh, <laughs> that's a Little did that's they a, know that the arts will be a big business in 2022, 2023, right? But that's amazing. But okay, a cu- couple things. So again, selling at a young age, uh, that's not a lot, not a lot of our contemporaries are proud to do that because, you know, you know, it's like, why are you selling that type of stuff? But one thing I'm seeing here is that you really are passionate about uh, the, these things that you're into which is what they're selling back then right but were there also any influences that got you into selling because again if you're just you know oh shit i'm just gonna sell randomly you know that doesn't happen all the time there's sometimes there are influences that like wait maybe i can sell here there's a bazaar in town or there's a bazaar no melito doesn't exist yet back then but um how, how did that come about? And was the objective profit or are you trying to get resources to acquire better assets? Uh, at, at that point, um, I think I was too young. I just wanted to sell and make profit, mm. to be honest. I, I wanted to buy better Q-sticks. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> I was about 12, 14 years old. I was a kid pretty much. Yeah. Um, uh, so I guess that was it. Same with the Magic cards. I'm like, oh, I can get free packs here if I sell x amount of cards right? right so that was the main intention at that point that is, that's awesome and maybe you can even buy some extra ball rocks if you want i'm a real 90s kid acoustic if you're filipino it's like what the hell is acoustic Satako. okay <laughs> and you need to have the best ball rocks uh <laughs> So it, it runs <laughs> smoothly <laughs> on your well. and then you'll be all white if you were in black, you'd be like, What the hell? How many of shit? Okay, so com arts in La Salle, but after school, what, what was the first hustle that got into this? Because again, if that inkling of doing business was already there, how did you start working on to turn that into reality? Yeah, um, my first, I guess, work experience right out of college, uh, my uncle is um into advertising. He's Secretary Mon Jimenez, the previous secretary who did more fun in the Philippines. So my only actual job was to be an intern in advertising, which in my opinion, our greatest ad guy. Of course, it's a biased opinion. (laughs) And then um, my my mom uh, moved to Indonesia and uh, took me. She she got an expat job out in uh, Ford Foundation in Indonesia. So I speak okay Indonesian and when I was there of course her asked are you gonna study what are you gonna do but I told her uh, I'm going to you know do a business because um, uh, one last story before I ended at college I printed the book a 600 page book because my mom told me you know waiting for waiting for uh, graduation is a long ass time right it's like four hours (laughs) doing nothing so I printed this book it's called uh, I forgot exactly but about internet marketing by Corey Rudell Okay. And that's what I decided to do. So I'm going to be an internet marketer. And the first thing I did was like anyone, like I saw your, your podcast and said, I did freelancing. I wrote articles. Mm. I was the writer of Palm Art. So, I mean, the inclination was to write, right? So okay. I did articles a lot. I learned about affiliate marketing, all this stuff that's quite common today, but rewind it 15 years ago. 
we're pretty much the pioneers of that around the, the country. Uh, and that's where I met uh, one of my mentors and a, a dear friend until to this day, uh, Ian Del Carmen, who um, you know still runs an online business and we're still really good friends. And he pretty much taught me you know, how to sell eBooks and whatnot. So I did a lot of affiliate marketing. Uh, but until today, we still have some ebook businesses, and that's what's been paying for a lot of the bills for the past few years and allowed me actually to live um, slightly the digital nomad lifestyle when it wasn't called that, when it was just called traveling, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, you travel for two weeks and you just, you know, work online. So that's what I did for many, many years um, until recently, right? That's amazing. So that, that's quite the journey that you've really gone to. But I'll, I'll just zero in on a couple of things here. Because internet marketing, yes, a lot of the things that we used to do, say 10 years back, um, still applies now. That's still the fundamentals. There's a lot of layers on top of that now. But walk, walk me through the writing process because that will never get old, right? Regardless of what type of version of the web will be that's always going to be a valid skill to have, right? But walk me through those core skills that you really developed on because if you are going to thrive as a freelancer, you need to be good. Because again, it's... Back then, freelancer wasn't as mainstream. Freelancing was not as mainstream as uh, what we see it now, right? Obviously. But the core skills that uh, you really have to build, and the thing is back then too... A lot of it is trial and error because there wasn't any go-to YouTube videos that will have that you'll have back then. I want to understand, um, Francis, what you guys had to learn and master. Because if that was gonna be a career, especially in writing, you can't just randomly write, like say for article. A lot of it is probably SEO-based articles or whatnot, uh, really get you through the roof. Yeah, uh, in order to write online, I think the most important uh, factor that we all know now even more is uh, the attention span of people online are pretty short. So if you're writing anything above 750 words, it has to be well spaced out. And, um, you know, it has to really be something uh, critical or it could be something SEO based. So usually, in order to be efficient, right, and, uh, you know, to have a good point, in my opinion, most of the articles I used to write were between 500 to 750 words. If it were longer, uh, it usually be, will be really a topic or a guide. And uh, how we structure it, right, you're asking me about strategies and structuring it. One of the ways we did was we were really going to make a book. But in order to make the book, it's going to be an outline first. And we're going to, so it's going to be recycling your content, meaning, okay, I'm going to write this outline, write articles, but in order to maximize that, I can turn that into a book, into a audiobook, into a video setup. So, you know, the work is not wasted in one go. Uh, it's the same effort, right? If you're writing something, you're writing about, let's say, I forgot to add this. I wrote, wrote a lot of white label books. So if I'm going to write about how to, you know, um, you know, ghostwriting, uh, lessen your diabetes is that, is that or something, same? right? Ghostwriting so, per se? Uh, ghostwriting, but we sold a lot of, it's called PLR or private label rights ebook. So okay. that's what we did once I learned the article writing, right? So okay. in order to do that, all right, I'm going to do an outline and I'm going to start the articles and turn that into a massive uh book setup right until we got to outsource it later on but 
the same principle applies that oh I'm gonna write about the topic what's the big you know the big picture here and how do I maximize it because right now especially in the freelancing space if you're asking me right how can I maximize this this content right yeah. and that's how I would do it and I still think it applies today that if I write an article I want to see if I can turn it into a YouTube video if I can turn it into maybe even an audio article you know, a lot of maybe an infographic. So at least my work is highly valued. I can even tell a client, hey, you know what? I'm going to write this for you, but I'm going to do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. But it's the same work. If you look at it, and then you can charge better, right? So if you just add those in, I think you'll have a better, you know, success rate and way to differentiate yourself from current, um, current marketers today or freelancers today that are doing this. And it's mm. the same work, in my opinion. Got it. Now, what are the things that you then did after that? Because again, freelancing can be very liberating in terms of, it's, it's basically your, the best or the, the, the closest thing to have compared to entrepreneurship. Why do I say that? Technically, you're not typically bound by a nine to five. You're not uh, you're, you're, you're results based. You also don't have the the benefits of say a full time employee where you're gonna have the HMO, the plan, and all that. And you kind of have to better better yourself in your skills in order to stay relevant. You have to be on a game because a project can just uh, vanish in just one go. If, if the client says, all right, I'm out, I'm out. You're, you're, there's nothing binding to that, right? And again, the best ones that I've seen, I kind of did freelancing, by the way, in between my first and second startup uh, to keep me afloat. So I totally relate and I understand. And I'm glad I did that. But what was the biggest um, jumping point for you that allowed you to like, all right, I'm out of this freelancing thing uh, to the next thing that you did. Or was it straight up entrepreneurship or did you do something else uh, to get that done? Yeah, I, I stayed in the niche. And as I was saying a bit, I learned about how to sell and do affiliate marketing mm. by selling info products. So with that, you know, it changed everything. Email marketing changed my life. And, um, you know, once I learned that, that, hey, you know what, I've been writing these things for a very long time and there's a niche, right? And uh, the great thing about the niche is people just keep buying from you and they're always going to be topics until today. They still buy from me. I have a smaller email list and uh, it's not as big as my competitors, but all the people in my list are buyers. So I did a lot of affiliate marketing. At one point, I got bored taking consulting jobs. I'm like, I'm just going to do affiliate marketing. It's paying for my bills, even more than my bills. And uh, I'm just going to, you know, travel a bit, you know, stay in, nice. in the Philippines or go wherever I want. So for two years, I didn't work much in terms wow. of like advancing my my life. But come on, if you make anything above $3,000 in the Philippines per month and You're gonna you be live a relatively, you know, clean life, right? Yes, a lot of executive income is already slowly going to that. And you're like, oh, I'm relaxed. I don't brag. I just, you know, I have a steady you know, work anywhere, keep quiet and just stay in your, in your little part of the world. But the problem was you get bored, right? So yes. I'm like, Hey, what's next? What's next? Right. So we, we better build the, the next thing. The next mm. thing I did that was pretty big. I don't know if you know this, Ron, but uh, we ran a luxury getaways club. It was the timeshare for Marriott 
um, wow, with yes. him in Antara and uh, with my business partner uh, and good friend. So with that, from uh, from about two years between 2017 and 2019, we sold, well, I could say about $3 million. And we were the top, uh, top Facebook ad spenders wow. for travel in the entire country for two years. They'd invite me there and the... Uh, I see the same people in Lazada. I say hi, but I don't have any card. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and the bad guys say, oh, talk to this guy. I'm like, hello, but uh, you know, I'm, we're just doing uh, travel. It's because um, you know, the travel uh, niche has improved from the previous timeshare when it's pretty hard to get bookings. It's become point-based. So mm-hmm. mainly it was pretty legit and yeah. it was doing really well. And uh, because we did do well, the contract extension had an issue because we sold too much. We had the highest sales ever in Southeast wow. Asia for them. And the good thing we got out before the pandemic. So, you know, I mean, uh, it's travel niche. So that's what I used to do. And uh, that's when I got into crypto pretty much. I mean, in between. But I, I, I had some crypto, but I didn't buy in and uh, really traded heavily. That's amazing. But let's just dumb it down a little bit before we take our first break. Uh, a lot of people have probably heard timeshare, right? Mm-hmm. But have probably d- don't understand what that is. I, I've I've encountered it because people tried to sell it to me, thinking I can't afford a timeshare, dude. I'm a startup founder, so nah, <laughs> I'm the wrong client. <laughs> it's either I'm super broke or I just got funding and I really can't spend that money, right? It's not my money, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the right client, okay? But what is timeshare and who are the typical people that buy this these timeshare uh, the products that you have? Yeah, sure. Timeshare is when you when you buy a certain amount of uh, usually travel uh, settings where you book certain rooms for a year, you pay for mm-hmm. it in advance, and you get it at a discount. And the, the previous model was quite broken because they, they gave you like 10 rooms a year. Uh, with right. Marriott, the upgrade they did was it's all points. So that's oh. nice because you go anywhere, they'll accept your points, right? You can even use your points for flights. So nice. gone are the days when, oh, this place is overbooked. You can't use it. It's just, uh, you know, certain places have certain points requirements. Okay. But at least you can use it anytime, right? You go there, here, here's my card. They'll accept it. Nice. Um, but it's not like, oh, there are no, there are no timeshare rooms. This one is, here's my points. Are there rooms available for X dates? Right. So that's why it sold well. And the typical client are usually luxury. Uh, cool. You know, I mean, um, really high-end Philippines. We built a huge list of high net worth individuals using this um, system, right? So yeah. those are the typical clientele for these people who can afford to travel. That is amazing. All right. Now let's take our first break. And when we come back. Let's now talk about how you then make that jump and uh, love your cat the same way I did because you created a company in honor of them. But again, with Necoin as the centerpiece. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCon PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph That's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with Francis Menes, again, who then told us how he was able to dominate the timeshare world and be a master uh, writer to, that converts sales and creates lists. But before we talk about your crypto Afterlife, technically, right? Your new hustle now. There's one thing that really um, is very important that that a lot of startup founders should learn in this this hustle that you built, okay? Because I remember this magic formula, and I always tell uh, the startup founders that can ask me for advice that you shouldn't be in an eternal eternal quest to acquire users all the time because it's seven times more expensive to acquire a new user. Than maintaining a paying one, right? And what you've built here is super impressive because you built an email list, right? In 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 then and that's translatable if you have a startup into monthly recurring revenue. If you're able to live off of this comfortably and make three north of three thousand dollars every month for a couple of years, you built that solid list. And that's regardless of your business model, words B to B, B to C. I don't care what you're doing. You need to learn this skill. And it's hard to do it because a lot of people in the game will never be able to tap that. That's why they end up overspending that uh, whatever resources because they keep having churn, always uh, acquiring. They don't get to keep their thing, and then yeah, what you really the what you really don't get there is the magic formula, which is product market fit. Because if you have That that solid base that keeps buying your product, whatever it is, affiliate marketing, freaking timeshare, keeps going over and over again. Then you'll have a solid business that can get you to profitability. I wanted to ask, with whatever you can share, don't share the the whole trade secrets per se. But Francis, what helps build that solid database that you can literally just tap into? And I've seen it happen with your affiliate marketing hustle. With your timeshare hustle, what are the factors that you did here that other startup founders can learn from? Yeah, the, the number one factor that you need to understand is a. Uh, I'll go a bit back, right? Like with, with okay. what you're saying, there are only yeah. three ways to make real money in business, in my opinion. One is, of course, basic. You acquire them. 
But in order to, like you said, seven times more expensive, the, the only way to scale is uh, you acquire as much customers as you can. Yep. Number two is you get them to repeat. And third is either you increase the price, lower the volume, but get quality sales or lower the price and get volume. Yep. So these two and three are the key factors. And number two, in my opinion, is the most important because when I send an email, uh, I said I have $37, maybe $50, $50 a month fee. Yeah. And uh, I probably made easily 10,000% or more of that or even wow. 100 because I don't spend any money again to sell to those people, right? Mm-hmm. So the most important factor is that collect data and serve them well. And yeah. uh, the big issue sometimes that I see with people is, uh, especially in email marketing, they say, don't email them daily. I'm like, that's bull. You know? <laughs> I email them daily all the time because they are a buyer's list. They are on my list on, in, in my particular niche mm. to buy. I email them twice a day even. Wow. But I don't, even them, I don't email them anything unrelated to what they buy from me. So you see, you're serving them well because you're not selling them, oh, they're, uh, they buy this thing. Like, like in my niche, uh, private label, right? Ebooks. Okay. Why will I sell them, you know, uh, make money online? Doesn't make sense, right? So the secret for me is uh, if you have repeat customers, serve them well. And selling for me is serving. They don't have to buy from you, right? I mean, that's right. your choice. But since they like it, uh, and people underestimate this, we like 80% of the stuff that we like again and again, again yes. and again. Like if you eat, oh, I like burgers. You're probably You're a burger guy. <laughs> and uh, I think it's very, very important because uh, once you have recurring income, it could be in a couple of forms, right? One is, you know, a monthly subscriber, maybe yes. transaction fees. Yeah. Third is something like I have like, oh, I'm just sending them emails. Um, but it's very, very important because number one and number three in my item list, you know, getting customers, pretty hard. Yeah. Number three, if you change the price, you don't know what will happen. But right. selling to people again and again with something they like, again, that's the key. Yeah? You right. serve them well by just keeping them focused and giving them what they like. Yeah. If Because uh, in my particular industry, if they don't like, they can unsubscribe. Why sure. are they not unsubscribing? Because, hey, you know what, if I want to buy something, I know these guys are cool. You know, I mean, if I buy their, uh, you know, good products, good recommendations, if I don't want to buy, then I just don't open it, right? I mean, I don't need to buy. Uh, That is key, in my opinion. Any business needs to have that mindset. Uh, And you will get there if you serve them well, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I'll drill down deeper a little bit. Um, I want to understand from, from that point, because again, this is where startups usually fail. And this is the, the magic failure formula that I fucking hate hearing, right? Um, excuse my French. But I hate, I, hate it. I hate it when people always say that, if you build it, they will come. Dude, we are not a fucking restaurant here, okay? <laughs> you build your product, nine times out of ten, people will probably don't care in the startup world. And if you get a chance to, get a, to acquire a user, you, that's just half the game. The real game is keeping them subscribed and giving value to them. And that's what it is. But I want to understand here. Because again, you've already talked about how you keep them, giving them value, making sure that you give them the right information, constantly doing that. And don't force them to really take action if they don't feel like it. But as long as you give them value, then they'd probably stay subscribed. But let's go on top of the funnel a little bit because it is a numbers game, Pentis. 
how do you acquire those users at, at that point? And how, because if, if you're saying here that the formula that you like to hustle on is the margins game, quality over quantity, right? Quality things that, okay, highly targeted niche, but the, the, the amount of conversions you're going to get is probably going to double or triple what if you're going to go the spray and pray quantity game. But regardless of the game, you need to acquire it. How do you acquire the right, thing, the right users without overspending to the point that whatever margins you make in, in, in the, the daily emails that you send will be eliminated? Because again, I'll just uh, provide context. I see so many startups trying to do that. Like, hey, let's just acquire, 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 acquire. And they, what they, they don't understand is they have a leaky bucket. Then whatever they acquire just goes right through, right? Um, yeah. But you need to have a solid base where you can do that. And when you acquire, you want to be smart about your acquisition so that your CAC or your customer acquisition cost does not exceed the lifetime value of whatever that customer would be. How do you do that? Yeah. In, in order to do that, the best way to do it is look for, I believe a lot in uh, re being resource oriented and I'll clarify that not money oriented. Huh? Mm. Um, if you understand resources, like in our case, since, uh, you know, we started early, we made friends, we had a lot of industry partners. Yeah. You need products to promote in my industry because it's eBooks, right? So our margins yes. are pretty good. Yeah. What we did was we partnered with a lot of these people. We joined a lot of niche targeted um, forums and everything. That's where we launched our products. That's where we spent our budget in creating quality products. And again, because we acquired emails or data first, it was easier for us to really lower our customer acquisition cost. Pretty much what happened in the beginning was since uh, it was early on, like any industry, right? Yes. Uh, if you release products with good pro with good partners, they'll promote each other. So it's a cycle. Uh, and again, that's why I'm saying it's about resourcefulness. It's not always about uh, I need ten million dollars and uh, right <laughs> maybe I can partner with this company. Maybe I can, you know, uh, maybe I can go on a podcast and promote there. Maybe I can yes. do a couple of things. I can write things up. I can get on the newspaper. It's not always uh, I would acquire them with money. That's one. Yeah. Number two is really make sure that you know your customer profile, right? And uh, one pet peeve I have with a lot of uh, startups, in my opinion, because I personally, I avoided startups for a long time because I was just doing my thing. Okay. Uh, when the M questions gets asked, and I know what you know this. What is the M question? How do you monetize? There you go. <laughs> the <laughs> million dollar question also. Um, <laughs> and I want, uh, I want to start with that first because once you learn how to monetize and you make that foolproof, if you ask anyone for money, right? I mean, simply put, let's say, uh, Ron, I'll ask you for a peso and I'll give you one peso and one cent back every day. Guaranteed. Do you think there's a question that says, hey, you know what? I'll give this guy a peso, right? Or <laughs> if it's guaranteed, right? Yeah. Even one cent more um, is big because that's, a, you know, and, and that's the thing I, I, you know, and we know it about startups. I know there are a lot of great ideas. Yeah. But I think once you have a bulletproof or at least a clearer strategy, there's no bulletproof strategy, but a clearer strategy in your monetization model, 
things get a lot easier because now you can determine oh how much can I spend correct to mon- because you know you're you know how to monetize so you will know how to spend and you know how can you do this right yeah. without that it would be pretty pretty hard to convince other people let alone your team understand what you're trying to really do and how much money you need and whatnot right so that's for me the key you're right it's all about finding the back door in terms of the partnerships because more than the m question i also have another m question that i typically ask uh you know founders and it's a marketing question because if you want to monetize you have to acquire but it's it is a red flag for me if you're gonna tell me i'm raising five hundred thousand dollars and 70 percent of it is going to be spent on marketing Say you're at seed, like you're just literally, you don't even have product market fit and you want to blow money through through that. Here's why. If you're going to tell me you're going to acquire customers through Facebook ads and Google ads, or the new version of that is influencer marketing. Dude, you're just going to waste the cash that, uh, that that investor or that angel or I would give you because you don't, you you did not find the back door where you can get to the M. Because best, the best um, uh, user acquisition strategies that really scale is organic. Yeah, and most most of the time, it's some form of community building that you're gonna have to build, or uh, it's word of mouth, old school word of mouth. That's why this pod, this podcasting is very powerful because we're able to provide context and really drill down on the whole freaking value of things, and it's it really comes out as word of mouth. We're not forcing you to buy shit, right? But that's it. If you're if you're gonna tell me, yes, I'm gonna outbid freaking the best industry juggernauts and whatnot. Good luck. You're just gonna or here's the worst part. So <laughs> I really cringe a lot. We're gonna boost our post. <laughs> no, hell no. Please That's a waste of money. It's only Zuck and Google that will be happy with that. You know, the worst thing you can do. So, yes, uh, sir, that would work if you're a restaurant. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, if you're just visuals. in an area, right? But still, remember the golden rule: CAC over should be less than LTV. If your customer yeah, acquisition yeah, cost is is way, way, way bigger than what you can potentially make, and your your conversion rate is shit then good luck. And the reason why I drill, sorry if I took so much time on this one, because if I'm talking to a founder and you're, you're telling me that I'm creating a coin and you don't know how to take care of your community the same way you've done before, then I'd be like, ah, oh, this guy bull, right? I'm yeah. <laughs> good luck. Cause in web three, what I see my man is it's all about community and serving that community well. So if you've done that with eBooks, and if you've done that with Timeshare, pretty sure you've had the magic stick and you can do that with Netcoin. And that's my segue into Netcoin. I want to understand now how you went from, you know, all these amazing hustles, taking care, making good money on, on affiliate marketing and, uh, and Timeshare, how did you get into crypto? Because again, everybody has a crypto horror story before they figured it out. <laughs> what yeah, was yours? Yeah, yeah. So my my uh, my crypto 
well, it's still a horror story, I guess, right? <laughs> uh, back about 2015, and of course, I did a lot of affiliate marketing, and uh, I was having some software coded. I forgot what software it was. Yeah. Um, I was doing, I think, some eBay stuff, you know, like um, some exploits on eBay, and the guy wanted him to me to pay him in Bitcoin. I'm like, all right, I've been talking to this guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, he coded some stuff already for me by PayPal. He says, can you pay me in Bitcoin? And I'm like, all right. Um, how do I buy it, right? So long story short, I ended up, you know, like uh, figuring it out and uh, paying in Bitcoin. I think it was only about $300, $400. Don't quote Not- me on the year, but uh, that was the start. So I bought maybe like seven or eight of them. And I'm like, all right, do the coding and uh, paid him like three Bitcoin. And uh, I thought he needed to code more, but uh, I just kept the rest. I didn't touch it. Yeah. And uh And till today, I don't know the password, right? So to that account. So I'm pretty sure it has like a, like at least four Bitcoin and, you know, some some other coins there. But there's a, at least a bit of a silver lining. Uh, a few years later, and again, still in affiliate marketing, I talked to a couple of friends and we saw, again, I, I like this uh, because it's affiliate marketing. There's some unique, you know, systems that you want to try. And hey, you know what? What if it works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just testing it out anyway. So there was one about uh, crypto gambling, and they said, "Oh, you you buy Ethereum, you you put this uh, you formula, and you can make money." So three of my friends, we did this. One guy, one friend of mine, put like three Ethereum, put the computer on setup, and it went to two hundred wow. Ethereum. But the problem was he left it and went to zero. My <laughs> story was I had the same thing. It went to about forty. He insists a computer software. It's a forty. And I went down to 15, and I'm like, uh, I saw his story. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take this because I have profit. I don't need it. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to take this back. This was when the time Ethereum was $300, $400. And I started learning about Binance, and I moved it there. And uh, until now, I have it. So that's my, uh, you know, at least a success story. Nice. And how I got into this, um, you know, slowly going to Neckpoint is, uh, I got into the, when I had COVID last April, you know, oh, you're wow. at home. I got into, I think last, last April, if I'm not mistaken, I started learning about shit coins and all these new coins coming in. <laughs> and immediately I noticed because I'm, I'm big into product launching, right? I mean, yeah. uh, I've seen a lot of this in the internet space. I'm like, I think I can be good at this because yes. this isn't trading. This is about noticing the trend on, you know, when to buy and sell. So simply put, I would go into a, an early stage buyers list on whatever coin I can find that seems reputable. Uh, similar, seems, I would, I would, seems reputable. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know their shit coin. So um, <laughs> just to give context, it's like a, in, in, in a normal world, it's like buying a condo and the condo is yeah. not yet up, right? And uh, of course, you get the cheapest selling. price. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you get the bad developer, who knows? They might not finish it, right? Yep. But if you get into Ayala or you know a good brand, yeah, then you bad. know they'll finish it. So mm-hmm. that's the simple model. I got into it. I got into the network. And I saw, hey, you know what? Uh, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, made good money and um, you know, uh, started talking back. And uh, I connected back with my call center buddies who nice. moved on. And uh, now we're doing this project. But... One of the things that I would like to say is uh, I didn't want to do any shit coins. I wanted to do something similar to my previous business where it's really utility. It's something useful and could possibly change the world. I think nice. that's the goal of crypto. And uh, that's why we built Neckcoin. And um, should I go into the intro now, I guess? Absolutely. There you go. You segued right through it. 
So what we want to do is to be the bridge from traditional businesses, communities, and project creators to the blockchain. Now, in order to be the bridge, like Ron was saying, we don't want to be as advanced and too many word, you know, weird words as a metaverse. And I understand where they're coming from, but if we're going to be the bridge, we need to be able to explain well, train well, and make sure that you know people understand. That's why if you see our website, our motto in Necoin is tokenize, innovate, and monetize. The goal of Necoin is to help business enter the blockchain through tokenization right now. And um, uh, the context of this is like early on the internet, right? Nobody said, oh, I need a website. That's, that's what happened before. Like, oh, website, I don't need that. I, I'm a business. If you don't have a website today, even just at least social media, you're, you're not a reputable business or project, right? And that's how I feel blockchain will be. Uh, and like the early days of the internet too, there were a lot of shady projects or a lot of things where you make so much money. But in the end, it became a utility. It became a necessity for a lot of businesses to survive and thrive if you're in that type of um, you know tech disruptor. That's what the blockchain is for me right now. That's amazing. All right. Now let's take our last break and then I'll, I'll, I'll cliffhanger this one out because I, again, Netcoin as we were recording this is not yet uh, even up for private sale, you know, it's just you and your, your shareholders. But I want to dig down deep on how you're currently building the team, the community, and obviously the utility of this once you go full blast in making sure that uh, what your vision comes to reality. Well, let's talk about that more after. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. 
Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. For the break. And we're back from a break. We are still with Francis Jimenez again, who told us how he started Nekoin and uh, what what's the at least the basic version of the vision first. But before we start first with how you built the team and who's backing you into this this new thing, because again, it's a lot of Web three companies now trying to do it. It's sometimes again, it's just like Web two point all over again, right? Uh, there's a lot of home run swings that we're seeing. But uh, I want to zero in later on how you built the team that will probably get you to be one of the winners. But I want to understand first, why why is it called Necoin uh, for those people? Yeah. <laughs> At least, yeah. just, to, just to give context, uh, all of our founders pretty much I guess except one owns cats. And yes, uh, I'm a cat person too. <laughs> that's, why I, that's, why I, that's the only reason why I covered this, this, this startup. Because they're cat people. Just kidding. <laughs> I put I love them it. outside a bit because I'm recording, but uh, I would love to get them here. I have one white cat and one Siamese cat. So, um, and that's the main start because we started off like any startup, right? You have some sort of like, oh, we're gonna see what we're trying to do. We yes. started as uh, we wanted to look into helping uh, content creators. That's yeah. why we're right. Let, let's have a meme and everything. Um, but what we ended up learning along the way is there's a massive need for this utility. And a lot of businesses are, oh, you're, you're doing that. How, how can you apply that to us? Can you help us? Mm-hmm. Because our background, our 
our group in itself owns or at least has a big network of business owners and i think that's an advantage yes so we 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 have a lot of conversations i said you know what we realized i think a lot of people need tokenization and uh either for funding or for you know really getting into the blockchain and the deeper and deeper we go we see that man massive opportunity here we should you know pivot into this and now we're here and uh that's how we built it pretty much the vision is why don't we become the wordpress of blockchain right nice. because if you do that no developers you know business click 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 then it would be way way simpler yeah. to be part of the blockchain compared to you know previous years yeah because it really is intimidating right just sometimes even creating a wallet or just doing the kyc in a freaking trading uh, platform kind of like what the hell's going on <laughs> right if you're going to really um, um, aim for mass adaptation but i would also uh, dig deeper a little bit you said you had that team and what i see typically now in web3 projects is they're very transparent over who that team is in in when, when before they even launched like wow this is this is rare because in startups they don't really reveal that a lot um regardless of your b2b b2c in in web2 at least right more so in web1 like who the hell cares right sometimes they even go full stealth like they don't know who's behind the curtain who's the wizard of oz we have no idea right but for you i want to understand who's with you in this journey because again if you have the expertise of building communities and you know the product per se who else is with you in, in this team? Sure. Uh, just to give context to that, uh, we're part of a bigger group. It's called Acceptor Group. So we do right. blockchain development. But the main guys in Netcoin specifically, so we have more guys there, but just to be on the project is me, of course, Francis Jimenez, the CEO. Yeah. Charles, Indusil, Chad, you've met Misa. He's, uh, he's been in a serial entrepreneur and uh used to live in Canada, knows a lot about fintech and, you know, running a couple of businesses. Nice. So good network and uh, really, really understands crypto. Been trading for a while. We have uh, Jonathan Lizarondo who's been in fintech and I'm going to give context to that. Uh, and fintech is a big part of why we believe Netcoin will succeed here in the Philippines and beyond. And mm -hmm. lastly, we have J.R. Ruscha, who's a former Binance angel. And... You know, being one of the first few in the industry uh, and Binance being the biggest now has given us a lot of advantage. He's our CTO. Nice. And that's why I believe, you know, the team is pretty experienced. Most of us are not young and uh, a lot of us <laughs> have our own businesses. We're about, just to give context a bit, because uh, I don't mind the younger ones, but our age range is about, um, you know, 30 to 40 plus. So it's a bit more of a, like I said, bridging traditional yes. to, to the blockchain. It's not a, we're, we're not that fresh off the block. Nothing against them. I think that's cool, but this would be our second or third rodeo now running stuff yes. at, at this point. Just to give context to the team, right? They're more even killed. And again, I, 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 I understand because I was young once too. I, I'm the same age <laughs> as what you're saying, by the way. Um, but Again, at this age, we know how to balance. It's more even killed. You know how to balance out the passion. You have experience. You have all these years and failures on your belt. That again, it it really it really does help, especially when shit hits the pan, right? Doesn't like, go oh, to like, your head too much. If you do too well, doesn't, doesn't go, go to your, your heart, head. right? You know, yeah, you know how to like, cope. You know how to compartmentalize. And you know, and, you know the feeling of being down. So if you if you're up, you're like, 
thank you. Yeah, chill, but, uh, chill, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to say anything, right? Just you know, be with my friends and whatnot. You know, the exactly. real people. So that's that's my take on that. Exactly, it's not volatile, and more more importantly, the most important thing with the senior team again, just empathizing with you because I know how it feels. <laughs> the decision making process is mature. You're not going to like, all right, all in, and then you're uh, we're just gonna you know freaking fuck shit up. But the most important thing too, <laughs> having a a mature team, the decision making process is not gonna be it's not gonna be chaotic. Because if, if a startup is ever going to succeed, regardless if it's web one, web two, web three, it's all about a solid founding team. And if you have adults in the room, then you know, you, you know that you're backing a company that, that's built for long-term success or at least stability. Right. Okay. Now, I want to understand, again, the utility part. Because, again, you're trying to bridge a gap, but let's just drill down a little bit on the utility of Necoin. What specific problems were you trying to solve here? If you're trying to turn this into like a WordPress of um, crypto per se or Web three, yeah, the the biggest gap that we're we're trying to fix right now is uh, obviously um, a lot of uh, businesses need to accept crypto payments. They want to show transparency in their rewards program. If you're a restaurant. Um, We've seen, um, I'm not going to name names, but uh, there's a couple of companies that, uh, you know, um, a lot of uh, local businesses lost money on because they didn't know they didn't have the liquidity to really pay off the, the restaurants or the businesses in place. Uh, we want to remove all of that and provide, you know, a more transparent system and to be more global in a sense, because if you accept crypto, you know, if you have a customer from Japan or wherever, they go to your store, now you have another option. It's an advantage. Or if you have people abroad and, you know, a lot of the younger generation now, anyone between 20 to 40 years old, they're more keen on crypto. You tap all that market and you're now an early mover. It's similar to like, oh, I don't need you're that a cool yet. kid again. There you go. But, uh, you mm. know, in a year or two years from now, oh, man, uh, those guys have it. I gotta have it too. Why don't I have it? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how I feel about it. And that's what we try to educate them on. And because the the well, the spirit of crypto pretty much or the blockchain, in my opinion, is transparency, it would be a lot simpler for businesses to really be transparent and um, you know, be able to show their community or customers, say, hey, you know what, here's what we did, you know. I mean, uh, and they can just show a transaction, you know, and uh, prove you know whatever whatever um, they got from our system. If, if it's funding, if it's like oh we got paid a lot in crypto, thank you for donating. They can all show that. And here's the transaction. Here's where we spend it on. Way way simpler compared to like oh we got fiat. I don't know. Uh, can't reveal my books, right? <laughs> you know. I mean, this one is way simpler in my opinion, and that's why it's going to be the future. Um, so many big companies have approached us, and some are going to work with us just because we know about tokenization. And to complete it, the other part that's critical that we we built over the past year is uh, we work a lot with licensing companies and um, both offshore and local. Uh, and I'll go through that in a, in a separate uh, message, but that's what we're trying to do because we really wanna work with traditional and to work with traditional, you need to comply with the government, yes. with you know whatever rules are in place, and that's how you bridge the gap, right? Right. That's how you do it. 
Okay, now last last couple of questions. Again, this is like building a community for you all over again, right? But obviously, since you've had all those years uh, building this and on repeat in multiple verticals, you kind of are not really starting from zero. How are you building the Necoin community? Because at the end of the day, there's a utility again utility part of it where the coins that are going to be bought by the public needs to be accepted uh, somewhere. So how are you building out that pipeline and also accepting this new community of people that would want to buy it so that eventually they can use it? Sure. I'd start first uh, to explain our ecosystem. The beauty of the Nikoin ecosystem, because we've been working at this for a year before launching. This this isn't something we we just saw yesterday and uh, (laughs) let's do it. These are older people. Anyway, What we did was, uh, in order to make this work, right, the first thing you need to do is, uh, if you're bridging traditional, they'll always want to go out to fiat. So the ecosystem works like this, before I go to community. We have both local partners and an offshore digital asset license partner in Japan. So what we do pretty much is this. Uh, You know Starlink, um, is it Starlink in... in, uh, And Elon Musk is setting up in the Philippines, right? Yes. They're setting up in Bataan. Uh, that's the Freeport area of Bataan. That's wow. where offshore digital uh, digital asset license resides with a mm. partnership with a Japanese company called GCT. So that license works worldwide. Anywhere in the world, you know, because compliance is big in crypto. That's one piece of the pie, right? right and I can right. reveal it. I don't mind revealing it because mm-hmm. it's pretty tough to get into this position. We took a Absolutely. year. Uh, the second part is we have a local partner called DA5. 80% of Western Union, they're the master franchise. All Robinsons, they do remittance, and they have 4,000 branches in, in the entire country, affiliates and their own. And with that license system in place, any restaurant can now liquidate back to fiat because we have VASP license. All the nice. licensing that you need, we can talk about that you know, if they're interested, but we have it all in a due diligence folder. They'll be able to do that. So if I'm a restaurant, right? My simple question, oh, I accepted crypto. Yep. Um, I need to buy rice. I need to buy this. Uh, how much are the fees? How can I get it? So we built an app already. It's on Play Store. It's called Search Pay. But I think really soon it's going to be in um, Apple. And at the time of this writing, I think it just got uploaded last night. To this nice. video. So Congratulations. It's, it's going to be pretty sweet. And without revealing too much, uh, the 4,000 branches that I said uh, are going to be token exchanges for the private sailors. So if you want transaction fees, apart from the app, uh, any play to earn game, any, if they wanted to cash in and cash out, they just go to our stores. And I truly believe we're lower than a lot of the competitors fees because uh, it's an add on service to these, the the DA five. It's not their main thing. And then we've been working with them really, really hard on, you know, getting this thing, on the road and with that i'm gonna go to community because you have that right that hey you know what if i'm a restaurant or who knows i'm a rotary right uh, how right. can my community use this all mm. right let's make a rotary token how do you cash in oh you use this app right instant pay right. by sdx token that's our stable coin for remittance and now you can buy rotary token now mm. you can buy restaurant token and if you want to cash out you know you can do the opposite way right and uh we built that specifically because, again, we want to bridge the gap. We don't want to make it difficult. Right. So to build the community, that's what we did first. Now we have a big Twitter community. Now we have a big Facebook community. Since we're on private, we haven't opened up our Discord 
But I think it's not that hard to blow up, in my opinion, just because if you're going to onboard the business, of course, they're going to bring their community. But they need to understand, hey, can you make this work for me, right? Right. Uh, and with with the uh, with the things I said, the ecosystem I said, I believe it can work for them. Mm-hmm. Plus, one last thing I would like to add is all the templates we're building, all this reward system, and everything. One of the hardest parts, and you know this for startup, is where do I test these things, right? Yeah. But since we own a lot of businesses, network, and everything, immediately once we've done the tech, it's going to be tested in our own businesses. So. You know, we have guinea pigs ready to take us uh, and <laughs> test these things and immediately yeah. fix the bugs and say, all right, everything's fixed. Let's go, you know. And we, because of that, it could be scaled. Um, and that's how you build the community, right? And mm-hmm. that's how we can build a community and help a lot of people get into the blockchain. That is super, super amazing. Now, let's talk about that token sale that you're going to be doing, the private token sale. And again, if people want to work with you, Why don't be part of your community? Francis, please invite people over to the token sale that you're going to be doing, private sale and whatnot. And if they want to be part of your community and we're going to be working with you, where do they go and how do they do that? Awesome, awesome. So first thing they need to do, if they really want to work with us, they can email us at info at netcoin.finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, if they want to go into the private sale, They can either go to the website, it would yeah. be available there, or same thing, email us. But the most important part is uh, visit the website, message us on our social media, and if the Discord is up, uh, then you can join there. And I would love, love, love to help Hustle Share and you know everyone here in the community to get on the blockchain and educate and go deeper into this topic. Because again, my goal, personal goal, and I've been asked like, oh, Uh, how much do you want Netcoin to pump? I'm, I, I tell everyone till now, I'm not concerned with that. Uh-huh. What I'm concerned with is I want people to say, hey, you know what? I don't have any Netcoin on my wallet. Uh, my business won't run. My transaction is failing. Similar to your car, if it doesn't have gas, it won't run. Nice. So I don't mind if it has $10, $20. That's what all the big coins have. People don't look at how much it is. They just look at, hey, I need to trade. I need to do X. I need to, to have a portion of this in my wallet. And if you multiply that a million times, then there's no question. Your token will increase because so much demand and stability. So I'm not looking at, um, you know, like how much it will pump. I would love for it to pump. There but you go. My main point is uh, if you're joining us, our goal is to stay relevant, dominate and help out the Philippines and If you look at the roadmap in our site, seven other countries that we want to really get into, Southeast uh, Asia mostly, and you know, be the change, right? Uh, increase go. mass adoption and help people really maximize blockchain and be early. I think mm-hmm. in the next three years, we're still early. So we want that in my opinion. That is amazing. And you're in it to win it. All right, but before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And again, if we did say some jargon, if you, or you missed out on the links, don't worry, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com and again we also have a community though there we don't have any crypto here but maybe soon let's see but again it's going to be the hustleshare community on facebook again francis thank you very much thank you so much ron appreciate the time all right i'll see you guys in the next episode peace